you know, we tend to look at fitness as this compartmentalized thing that we do during our day. When now I suddenly had to get 10,000 steps and I saw, oh, this isn't as easy as I thought, I became far more aware of pockets of time that I would normally sit and I now was questioning, okay, I'm taking the car to get the oil changed and I'm sitting in the waiting room for the 20 minutes. Do I really have to sit here? It's not a law. There's nothing on the wall that says I need to be in this waiting room. So I would go out for a 15-minute walk. there. I'm Amy Connell. Welcome to Grace Health, the podcast for women who want simple and grace-filled ways of taking care of themselves and enjoy a little chocolate. I'm a certified personal trainer and nutrition coach who wants you to know your eating, movement, and body don't have to be perfect. You just need to be able to do what you're called to do. If you have ever questioned if walking is fitness, then today's episode is for you. I am speaking with Dave Paul of the Walking is Fitness podcast and his journey to what he calls an active fitness lifestyle. Now, this Walking is Fitness podcast is kind of unique. It is a daily podcast and he actually records the episode while he is walking, which is kind of intriguing and sort of makes me want to do a bonus episode to try that someday. I think you will really appreciate Dave's mindset about the steps he takes. And I particularly like how he uh, shared how walking changed his spiritual life, but it may not be in ways that you expect. Let me tell you a little bit about Dave. Dave Paul is the host of Walking is Fitness podcast, which is a 10 minute daily show he records while on a walk. He's been married to his wife, Ava, for 39 years. They have six children and seven grandchildren. He's been with the same Christian radio station in Baltimore for 36 years, mostly on air, and he has been walking for fitness for 10 years, averaging close to 20,000 steps a day. Now, we before we bring on Dave, I've got a question for you. Do you pee when you sneeze or cough or do anything high impact? Uh, these are the conversations I have with my friends. And every time I do, it all ends up at the same ending. And it is, you have got to get the Tighten Your Tinkler program to help your pelvic floor health. You may remember my just delightful conversation with the Tighten Your Tinkler girls, Jen Lormond and Christina Walsh. It was full of laughter about a heavy subject, pelvic floor health. I have personally gone through the program and am pleased to report I don't have to stop and cross my legs when I sneeze anymore. And even my nighttime bathroom trips have reduced. In my mind, that is an all nighter. My nagging lower back issue is significantly better as well, thanks to the program and the tools they provided. If you deal with any of these issues or more serious ones like prolapse, discomfort during or after intimacy, or just need to get everything back in place after a hysterectomy, this program is for you. We want you to take back control of your body and regain your confidence. Jen and Christina are the woman you want in your corner, and they've generously offered $50 off for using the code GRACED. 
health. Click the link in the show notes to learn more. And if you haven't listened to our episodes, go back and check them out. As a bonus, this program is FSA and HSA eligible. Click the link, enroll and use Graced Health, G-R-A-C-E-D-H-E-A-L-T-H for $50 off. Okay, let's bring on Dave. Dave, welcome to the show. Amy, thank you very much. Could we shift the focus from walking to chocolate? Because I love chocolate. <laughs> I do too. I do too. And yes, I um, I do love some chocolate as well. So you know what? We can just we can grab a little square of dark chocolate in our conversation and pretend that we are on on a walk and eating dark chocolate. Probably wouldn't be the first time I've done it. Maybe I really don't <laughs> even know. <laughs> So Dave, let's start off with this. Tell us about your journey, um, specifically in uh, walking for fitness and how you got into this and how you are so focused on this. So it actually began in 2008 and I started running. I was 48 at the time and there were some things with my body that were trending in the wrong direction, weight, the way I was feeling. And I thought maybe I need to get serious about fitness. And my wife is a runner and she was in the early part of her running journey. And I thought, okay, I'll, I'll run. And it kicked my butt. The first, the first run was from one mailbox to the next. And I thought, well, I don't see how I'm ever going to get any further than that. Called it a day, went home. The next day came back, ran to that mailbox and one more. And I kept adding on mailboxes. And I'll never forget the day that I finally reached one mile. It was like, I can't believe I did this. And pretty quickly grew my fitness capacity. Within six months, I ran a half marathon and ran a bunch of half marathons. I ran an accidental marathon. I thought I was signing up for a, for a half. And the night before, went to pick up the, uh, the race packet and found out, oops, nope, didn't sign up for the half. You signed up for the full marathon. And you know, the smart person would have just downgraded to the half. And I even asked if I could do that, but they said, nope, the half is, is sold out. It's either the full marathon or nothing. And I wanted the medal. So I took 30 minutes to think through, can I really do this and not die? <laughs> and realized that because I had just read about this walk run way of, of running races. And I thought, all right, I'll give that a shot. And so the next morning, ran my first and only marathon, finished in four hours and 50 some minutes, got the medal and continued running. And then on January 2nd, 2013, uh, the radio station gave every employee or offered every employee a free Fitbit because they wanted to motivate us to pursue fitness. And I thought, okay, I'm, you know, already been doing this for five years. And of course, you know, 10,000 steps was what everybody should go for. And I'm thinking, I get 10,000 steps in my sleep. This will be a piece of cake. Put that Fitbit on the first day, uh, went out and ran my three miles, came back. It's like, oh, <laughs> I'm not even close to 10,000 steps. This is this is way harder than I thought, which then upped the challenge and so started adding walks onto my runs. And then about five months later, I was at the park getting ready to do my three-mile walk. And I always started with a one mile, I'm sorry, three-mile run. I always started with a one-mile walk and finished with a one-mile walk. And as I was getting ready to run, I realized, you know, the only reason I'm running is so I can have that walk at the end. 
that's kind ah. of dumb. That's because I love the walking part. The running was like, okay, you know. And in that moment, on that trail, I made the decision, I'm done with running. I'm just going to walk for fitness. From there, just continued to ramp up my daily goals, uh, eventually reached 15,000 steps, hit 20,000 steps. There was one month in July 2015 where I set as a personal goal 1 million steps for the month, which works out to about 33,000 steps a day and accomplished that. And that felt really good. I still run one event a year, usually a 5K with my wife. I don't, quote, train for it other than you know, the fitness activities that I have. My time is not, it's not really uh, place worthy, but it's a decent time. And it's just one way to kind of check my fitness capacity. But I have not regretted for even a moment making that transition from running to walking. Now you're a licensed personal trainer. So I uh, have never said in my podcast or on my blog that walking is the only thing you need. It's not. And so in addition to walking, that's my foundational fitness activity, you know, first in, last out. Uh, I also do some strength training several times a week. I've got some weights in the garage. I do some high intensity stuff like running in place several times a week. And I also have a bike. And you live in Houston. We live in Myrtle Beach. Some similarities in that it's totally flat. Mm-hmm. You know, the biggest hill that I have, yeah, yes. And the biggest hill that I have is going from the street up to my driveway. I mean, that's about it. So I've got a one speed bike and it's more of a pleasure ride. And when the weather's warmer, I'll go out and usually put 10 miles on the bike and just love that. So that's kind of the uh, nutshell of my fitness journey. But since 2013, for the last 10 years, walking has, has been has been my passion. It's been my foundational uh, fitness activity. And I am a bit of a walking evangelist because I believe that if you can, if you can move and you can walk, that should be part of your uh, fitness activity. Not the only thing, but, but at least part of it. I agree. One of the things that you said that I really want to make sure that we don't gloss over is this transition from when you were running and then you would walk as a cool down and you realize that that's really what you wanted to do. I think a lot of us, especially those who, I mean, it's funny for me to hear you say that this journey all started when you're 48. I mean, that's how old I am now. A lot of my community is around my age, you know, give or take 10 years. And you know, a lot of us do things because that's just what we've always done. We go to indoor cycling because that's what we've always done. We go to, you know, whatever, whatever that is, and there's nothing wrong with that, but there may be a time that what gives us joy from a particular movement changes. And so I really like that reminder. I also feel like you might be part bionic because you've done a lot and your it doesn't sound to me like your body has has said no, I you know, in in terms of injury or something like that. So I'm really glad to hear that part of your story is not like, well, and then I, you know, had bursitis and I was sidelined for 6 months or something like that. It kind of drives my wife Ava a little nuts because she has she's is as passionate as I am about walking she's equally passionate about running you know our our journeys have sort of been parallel 
and she has had to deal with injuries and setbacks that have caused her to to put the the running on the shelf for you know sometimes weeks sometimes months yeah. and I haven't had that I had plantar fasciitis is that how you say that fasciitis? I say fasciitis but I it it may be that there's different ways of saying it and you know, I heard I was listening to your episode about the um, uh, the sabbatical you took and how you had a self-diagnosed injury. So my plantar fasciitis was self-diagnosed, but based on what I read online and what I was experiencing, like, yep, that's pretty much it. But I continued to uh, maybe my episode wasn't as severe as some. It lasted for maybe four months. Mm-hmm. But I continued to to walk even through that. In fact, in fact, while I was walking, it actually felt better. And I don't yes. know if that's normal. Yes, that is normal because you're getting the blood flowing to your connective tissue. And so that connective tissue does feel better while you're doing that. And uh, that is not an uncommon thing. Okay, now I want to start a little bit more with you walk a pretty high quantity of steps a day. I have heard on your show that you used to say you averaged about 20,000 steps and you're not saying that anymore because you don't want people to think, well, if I'm not getting the 20,000, then I'm not doing it right or I'm not doing it well enough or something like that. Just out of curiosity, I was like, I wonder what mine is. Mine comes in right around 10,000 steps a day and I will most days take a one to two mile walk and then the rest of those are just natural movement Mm -hmm. throughout the house. So I'm curious what... Where do most of your 20,000 steps come in a day? I know you record your podcast, your Walking is Fitness podcast, while you are walking. Uh, and so, but that's just 10 minutes. And I know the math on these things. So, where do the rest of your steps come from uh, in that, you know, in 10 minutes? My guess is that's probably about uh, 15 to 1800 steps for you. So, little insider secret, it actually takes me longer than 10 minutes to do the podcast. Okay. So, there's a there's a favorite place that I have that's about 15 minutes from my house. So, there's about 30 minutes round trip just to get to where I record the podcast. Although I didn't start this way, I feel like I owe it to my listeners to give them the the best 10 minutes that I can. So, the recording actually takes longer than 10 minutes, and then I will edit it down. And there are times like this morning, I recorded it twice because I didn't like the way the first one sounded. Okay. And so, so that first walk, the podcast walk is probably at minimum 45 minutes, probably closer to an hour. And then depending on my schedule and what I've got for the rest of the day, I may just come back home. There are times when my schedule is a little bit lighter and the weather is inviting and I'll go out and keep walking for another 45 minutes. So that first walk can be anywhere from 30 minutes. I think the episode as we're recording, the episode that that released today was in really bad weather. And I started recording that the moment I walked out the door because I didn't want to be outside any more than I had to be. (laughs) Yeah. What do you do in bad weather? I mean, you're in a place that gets, I mean, it's, it's sunny, but you can get some of those, you know, especially summer storms and all of that kind of stuff. What, What do you do when you come on time that it's just, it's just not conducive to get outside? 
Part of what I've learned over the last 10 years is there's no bad weather. There's just bad weather gear. So if you've got the right kind of gear, you can handle most weather conditions. Now, obviously, there are conditions that are physically dangerous. I'm not talking about 60 degrees below zero. I'm talking about the the podcast that released today. It was recorded in temperatures that were the low 40s. It was windy. It was rainy uh, with a real feel in the 30s. Uncomfortable, but not necessarily dangerous. So I've just learned how to layer up. I had an umbrella from the podcast point of view, because I want to give my listeners you know, something different. And if every episode sounds like it's recorded in beautiful weather, first off, that wouldn't be real. And secondly, it's just kind of interesting if you're hearing rainfall or wind blow. There was one episode we got a pretty close hit from, I think it was Hurricane Ian. It struck as a category one, maybe 30 miles from where we live. And I recorded an episode as that those winds were starting to get pretty intense. And there was one point during that episode where you can barely hear me because the winds were really strong, but I built the, that particular episode around, you know, those conditions. So I wasn't trying to hide the fact that it was really, really windy. So on a personal level, if you've got the right kind of gear, you can handle most weather conditions on a, a podcast level every now and then hearing challenging weather is not necessarily a bad thing. Okay. Well, I do agree with that. And of course, um, you know, I assume that you are always safe. (laughs) Like you mentioned, that's good. Okay. Talk to us some. So it sounds like a lot of your steps are coming from your walks. So it's some, some from what we hear as the 10 minute podcast on walking is fitness. And then some of it is going there and coming home. But I assume that you're not getting all 20 steps in or 20,000 steps. And again, that's an average. I know, you know, we all have days that we do more or less. So tell us what a, um, a typical day is like for you. And particularly what I'm what I'm curious about, and really where I'm wanting to thread this together is what your um, work situation is what you do, and how what you need to do with your body to do that. Because what I want to dive into is how do we realistically start to create these habits that work into our schedule, and where we're not comparing ourselves against someone else, but where we might be challenging ourselves a little bit more, or we might be just choosing to be a bit more intentional about walking because we know that that's so good for us. So that's kind of a loaded question, but that's, that's kind of where I'm wanting to go with it. So I just thought I would share um, the whole meat of the question. (laughs) Amy, that is a great question. And so there really is no typical day. We, my wife and I moved to Myrtle beach. We lived in Maryland. I've lived in Maryland, had lived in Maryland my entire life was part of a morning program, worked in a work, at a Christian radio station, I work remotely now, but for most of my time in Maryland working there, I was on the air. So my day was much more structured and there was much more of a routine. So I work at home, so I don't have a commute. So I've got that time that is now mine. Uh, I've got a lot of flexibility in my work schedule. So 
that time is, it's not entirely mine, but that flexibility certainly works to my advantage when it comes to fitness and getting a lot of steps. We have six children, but they live in different states around the country. So we are officially empty nesters. So the active parenting years are now in the rearview mirror. And having been in the middle of that for so many years, I know uh, the commitment and and the impact that that has on a fitness journey. You know what I'm doing now. I could not have done 20 years ago. So I recognize that. I also, and you alluded to this a little bit earlier, the 20,000 steps. I did the math, and last year I averaged 19,500. I want to be really clear that that's not my goal. In fact, I haven't had a step goal in more than two years. That 20,000 steps represents really the passion and the love I have for walking and for movement. I don't wake up at the beginning of the day and go, okay, how am I going to get 20,000 steps? In fact, I don't even know how many steps I got yesterday. I don't know how many steps I have right now, and I don't care. But to circle back to the question, which is really how do you get all these steps if, if you're you know, routine isn't step oriented. So the first eight years that I had a a Fitbit, I was very focused on a step goal. And I think there are advantages to particularly at the beginning of a fitness journey, if you're using walking to set a goal, I think 10,000 steps is a great goal. I think it's a terrible, terrible starting goal. I I would never recommend anyone get a Fitbit and say, okay, this is it. I'm now going to jump in and become the fittest version of myself, and I'm going to do 10,000 steps a day. I can almost guarantee that within two weeks, you're going to be so discouraged that what was all in is now all out. You know, the numbers, depending on what you see, the average person, you know, typical movement, you're getting around 4,000 steps a day. To go from 4,000 to 10,000 in one fell swoop, That's like adding an hour of intentional walking to your day. That's not going to happen. And it's not just a fitness capacity issue. It's where are you going to find an hour in your busy schedule to to go for a walk? Maybe on the weekend when the weather is great, it's like, yeah, I can do this. But how about on a Thursday when you've got nonstop stuff from the time you get up until the time you go to bed, where are you going to find an hour? You're not. My recommendation is you start with a really small goal, 10 minutes. That's what the podcast is all about. Mm -hmm. That's why it's intentionally a 10-minute podcast. It's to help people get started. If you want to go longer than that, listen to three episodes. You can go longer than that. But I don't want anyone to feel when they're starting out that what they're doing is too small because I don't believe that anything is too small. In fact, if your fitness capacity only allows you to go out the front door to the mailbox and back, and you make a a promise to do that every day, that's great. That's a great start. So for the first eight years, I had an intentional step goal every day. Now, remember, I started with already having uh, run for fitness for five years when I got the Fitbit. So there was already a fitness capacity to start. Sure, you had a good foundation. Right. So in that place, 10,000 steps, that that was a pretty good starting goal. What that Fitbit did more than anything else was it opened up fitness to an all-day lifestyle 
uh, activity as opposed to this other thing that I do. I'm going to go out for my 30 minute walk or I'm going to go out for my hour at the gym. You know, we tend to look at fitness as this uh, compartmentalized thing that we do during our day. But when now I suddenly had to get 10,000 steps and I saw, oh, this isn't as easy as I thought, I became far more aware of pockets of time that I would normally sit. And I now was questioning, okay, I'm taking the car to get the oil changed and I'm sitting in the waiting room for the 20 minutes. Do I really have to sit here? It's not a law. There's nothing on the wall that says I need to be in this waiting room. So I would go out for a 15 minute walk. Mm -hmm. And so I just over the course of eight years, just expanded my horizon from those times when you are allowed to walk and saw, oh, I'm really not as limited to walking as I would have thought. You know, for example, I had meetings all morning and I had a little gap of time between those meetings and this interview. And instead of sitting down, I was like, I'm going to go for a walk. It wasn't about the steps. It wasn't about I need to fulfill this commitment or reach this goal. It was simply, I would rather walk than sit. Yes. Yes. I cannot agree more. And I really like your uh, intention of using the tracker as encouraging you to have this, uh, you, you said it was a all day fitness lifestyle. I love that phrase rather than being bound to a by a certain number or having that at really even as a certain goal after a while, because it sounds like you started off with maybe some goals and then it just kind of evolved into what was right for you with having this mindfulness of, oh, well, I could be sitting or I could be standing and walking. And I think that's really important too. You know, one of the things, part, just part of my story is I have this history of uh, getting really obsessive about my exercise, getting obsessive about my eating, and really particularly, well, I don't know if I could say one more than the other, but kind of turning a lot of that into the idol, which is goes is very counter to my Jesus following faith, right? Because that is not the goal um, of taking care of my temple is turning that process into an idol. So I, I really like how you framed that up, uh, rather than just being bound by a particular number. Yeah, I uh, I think I would be disingenuous, uh, or another way to put it, I'd be lying if I said that during those eight years when I did have a hard step goal, that it didn't uh, border on obsession. I mean, it. there were times when <laughs> where I was getting far more than 20,000 steps, and I would continue to push myself to reach that particular goal and even add on to it. And I'm like, now, I should have asked the question, now, why Why am I doing this? What, what benefit is this? <laughs> <laughs> but I think the way I've, I've kind of looked at it is, from the positive point of view, what the Fitbit really tapped into in a good way was this competitive streak that I had with myself. And it was a way to challenge myself really to do more than I thought possible. Mm -hmm. And at times, even to do a hard thing. That one month when I did the 1 million steps, and I had a pretty good idea 
the what the cost was going to be because I was routinely, you know, around twenty give or take, and I had had a couple of days where I had, you know, done the thirty thousand steps, and so I I knew what that would cost, and the real motivation for that month wasn't fitness; it was I want to challenge myself to do a hard thing. Okay, and I expected that the first week was going to be, this is awesome. And I was going to walk way more than the 33,000 steps because I was going to kind of front load this thing. And I knew that the last week as I got close to the finish line, there'd be so much momentum and it would be so fun. And I assumed, and I was right, that those middle two weeks were going to suck. Mm -hmm. And that was the real challenge of, I made a commitment to myself to do this hard thing. And I want to prove to myself that I can. So I think there are advantages to, at least for me, there were advantages to pushing myself, but I don't know that I could say that every time I did that, it wasn't always from a motive that was not a little obsessive. Well, I think that's fair. And thank you for being honest with that, um, about that, because I think a lot of us have had stories and that's just part of the journey. That's just part of you know, going for part of the walking journey, right? <laughs> Which is somewhat of a pun uh, intended. I'm curious, Dave, um, as you have been doing this walking journey, talk to me some about your faith, if that has changed at all, if it has grown, um, just being, I know for me, going outside with fresh air and the sun and seeing nature is just a spiritual experience in itself. And um, I would love to hear if there have been any sort of revelations to you or um, spiritual growth or anything like that. I love being out. Uh, we live in Myrtle Beach, so there, there's a certain natural setting, you know, with the beach just a couple of miles away that is beautiful and I love riding my bike to the beach and then walking along the beach. There's some wildlife near where we live that we did not experience in Maryland, like alligators. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a lake behind our community and there's like, I think a four foot alligator that lives in that lake. And that's always kind of fun to see that. And there's some birds and some um, palm trees. You know, I didn't grow up with palm trees nearby. So I really appreciate all of that. And I love that, but that's actually not the answer to my question. The answer or to your question, the answer, the impact on my faith is a little more subtle and it was not intentional. I did not see this coming, but as I reflect back, it's like, Oh, that's pretty powerful. So walking is, is slow fitness. Uh, one of my favorite questions, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you're you're the licensed personal trainer, but I've looked this up multiple times, and I keep finding the same answer. How many calories do you burn when you walk a mile? It's about 100. About 100. How many calories do you burn when you run a mile? It's about 100. <laughs> and it's like, what? <laughs> How can that be? Well, obviously, running takes about half the time. You know, walking takes because it's at a slower pace, it, it's what I call slow fitness. It is very much a fitness activity, but if you want to speed speedboat your way to fitness, walking is not the activity that you that you want to do that with. 
And because of this slower fitness pace, what it has really built into my life is margin. Uh-huh. And I am someone who can can so easily pack the schedule with meaningful, productive things. I could so easily be one of those people who looks for the most efficient way to to get fit and to pursue exercise. But walking is not that. And walking provides margin in my day in a way that nothing else has. And busyness and hurriedness, I think, is a real danger to spiritual growth. And it's in that space, in that margin, where we can really connect and have relationship with the Lord. Oh, that's fantastic. I just love that so much. So good. So good. Hey, so I have a couple questions that I ask all of my guests. They're they're very different. The first one is I love learning about tattoos because I have found that when people choose to put something on their body for the rest of their life, often they will have a meaning behind it. So I was wondering if you had any tattoos, uh, if you would mind sharing what it is and the meaning behind it. And if you don't have one, but you had to get one, what would it be and where would it go? So my wife, Ava and I, we have six children. So among the eight of us, six have tattoos and two don't. My oldest son is one of the two, and I'm the other one. Okay. My wife, my wife probably has about a dozen, and they look wonderful. They're tasteful. I love the one that she got as a surprise. She tattooed my name on on her hip, and it's like I love that, love that. I am not opposed to tattoos. I at some point probably will get one. And that's the key. It's going to be one. So I probably am overthinking this. It's like, it's got to be the right one. And one of the, okay, this is a little embarrassing. So when my wife and I were first married, and I have no idea how this started, I coined a nickname for her. Um, and again, don't have any idea how this started. I don't remember. I called her my wonderful wombat. Well, a wombat <laughs> is like a large Australian rat or some such furry mammal. It's cute, but it's like, why did I pick that? That's just... But I have toyed with designing a cartoon wombat and and having that tattooed probably on my arm. But I haven't designed it yet, so I'm not ready to go to the uh, tattoo artist. All right. That's fair. That's cute though. I love that. And it's kind of like a little full circle from your uh, many yeah. years of marriage. That's, <laughs> that's fantastic. Okay. Now on the other end, not that tattoos, there's anything wrong with tattoos. Do you have a meaningful Bible verse that you would like to share? Sure. I love Psalm ninety twelve, And this is one of, if I'm remembering this correctly, uh, this is one of the uh, rare Psalms that was actually written by Moses, not David. And, uh, Moses, and it's, and it's really a prayer, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And for the longest time, I've just been aware that this life is finite. Even as a young man, there was just this awareness that I'm not going to live forever. Even though in my younger years, I might have felt that way, uh, this, this awareness, I even would when there were still newspapers, I mean, there still are now, but 
Uh, I would get the newspaper and I would open to the obituaries and the death notices and, and read those. And there was the one time when I'm reading the death notices and I see my name, Paul, (laughs) which is the last name, David. It's like, what? (laughs) We actually, we actually got a call the next day from someone who I guess got the wrong number and they wanted to speak to, um, this man's wife, whatever her name was to offer her condolences. And because I'd read the death notice, I it's like, sorry, <laughs> wrong number. But, but, but it's a reminder, particularly in the area of fitness, that you can't out-fitness death. These days that I have are, are limited, and being mindful of that, being intentional about that, really, I believe, as the psalmist writes, it really does help us make wise choices. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. It's really interesting that that's the one that you gave us because just this past week, our church started a new sermon series, and it is our pastor's take on the book, 4,000 Weeks, which is basically that our days are numbered. And I, I, I don't believe that is a faith-based book, but he read it for his own profes- professional and personal development and is an, and then layering on um, some some scripture because, of course, that's just how God works. But so I'm like, okay, God, what are you trying to tell me here? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is making me a little nervous. I'm gonna admit. <laughs> okay, so Dave, tell people how they can connect with you, and particularly how they can find your podcast. So the podcast is Walking Is Fitness. It's a daily podcast. Uh, I record it as I'm walking, and uh, I started it in November 2021. So there are now more than. 300, I think it's 400 and some episodes. So you can, I've got listeners who tell me I listened to today's episode and because I walk longer, I'll go back and listen to some earlier episodes and that's available on all the podcast platforms. The podcast actually started as a blog. So walkingisfitness.com, I don't do that on a, a daily basis. I do update it occasionally, but uh, at some point I thought, you know, the blog is good. I love doing that. But if I'm really trying to motivate people to walk, I think the better way to do that is actually let's go for a walk together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so walkingisfitness.com is the blog. There's a link there for the podcast and walking as fitness is the podcast and you can find it wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Yes. And I was telling you before we hit record that you have inspired me that maybe one day I'll do a little bonus episode where I'm going for a walk and record something. So I love that idea. Very creative. And in my little um, productivity focused brain, I'm thinking multitasking right there. (laughs) So I love it. Hey, real quick, before we let Dave share the one simple thing we, he wants us to remember, if you need more convincing that walking is a real workout after today's episode, I invite you to grab my book called Your Worthy Body, which takes 22 health and fitness myths and breaks them using exercise science, nutrition science, and it's all done through a lens of faith. One of those rules is walking isn't a real workout in which I share all of the ways walking is so beneficial to our health. You can see how I was so drawn to Dave's story. Get your copy on Amazon by searching Your Worthy Body or go to yourworthybody.com. 
Okay. Final question. What is the one simple thing you would like my community to remember about our conversation today? I suspect this is not the first time they've heard this, but, and again, I'm not a licensed personal trainer, but I have been doing this fitness journey for 15 years now, a lot of steps. And the number one thing is start small. So many fitness journeys get sidelined because someone is using that emotional, motivational fuel at the beginning, and it feels like you can go not just 10,000 steps, but 15, and that just doesn't last. And within a couple of weeks, uh, that emotional fuel is gone. Start small and think long. Think long. I love that. Awesome. Okay, that is all for today. Go out there and have a great day.